Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. We are so happy to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Hi, Julie. Happy July 21st. Can you believe it, Leanne? I, I, I just... I'm just so happy it's July. It is my favorite month of the year. But no, it's your no. birthday month. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just summer. a pure summer it's, month, right? It's, it's a great, yeah, August, you know, it's you start to think about, oh, Labor Day. You know, there's just too much stress associated with August. But <laughs> July is just pure summer. You know what? I'm glad you said that, Julie, because I feel like our lineup on Satellite Sisters today is also pure summer fun. Uh, today we have some very light stories. So... Uh, <laughs> So So sit back, relax, have some lemonade, uh, because we're going to tell you about the smartest way to vacation. I believe Uh, this is just for you. I believe that you can improve your vacationing techniques. Okay, good. We could use Mm -hmm. it. We're leaving Saturday on vacation, so I can't wait to hear. Julie has a couple of tech stories, uh, one of which we're totally gloating over. We have um, some Facebook follow-ups, a lot of discussion happening on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, so we're going to get to that. I saw an etiquette question in Real Simple, Julie, and I wanted to bring it to you because it was something I've thought about for a long time. Um, And we have recommendations. You claim that you read the best spy novel you've ever read. Was that it? Ever, Lynn. Ever. I just, I I love this book. I can't wait to tell you about it. All right. And I have a great new TV show. If you have... If you have tweens at home or Alice would love this show, Julie, it's about a girl soccer team and we need to get the Satellite Sisterhood on board so that uh, the production of the kicks can continue. So we'll tell you all about that later on in the show. Um, But first, Liz would have our heads if we didn't mention the Instagram contest, Sat Sis Summer Fun, right? Sat Sisters Summer Fun. Julie, have you been using your Instagram account? Did you, haven't you seen my two pictures, Leanne, I have up there? Okay. I'm going two to pictures. it now. Two pictures. <laughs> okay. All right. At, at hashtag sat sisters summer fun. We, you know, Liz laid it out this, um, this past Sunday. This is, we want to see your pictures of summer fun. Now, Liz put a lot of parameters on it. She said she wants to see people. She doesn't want to see food. But yeah, I, I know. I, I know. I, I think it's way too strict, okay? And I'm very happy that the Satellite <laughs> Sisters that uh, have figured out Instagram, and I know more of you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. They're putting up pictures of dogs. We have pandas. Uh, we have dogs and babies, which I love. We have some great pictures. One picture of um, a couple sitting in a giant chair that outside the pickle factory, Leanne. That I loved. That was that, that's a big chair. I okay, mean, we got lots of legs. We got lots of toes. Um, Liz has wants to see your throwback pictures as well. Summer fun from past summers, and some of those are excellent. I particularly like the one of the danger, very dangerous metal parallel bars, and some girl doing a headstand. You know, it's just our handstand looks super dangerous. It's just. Just that's throwback summer fun. We just you just don't get to do that these days, Leanne. Um, there's cakes on there, uh, pictures of s'mores, and a group of pole vaulters, Leanne. Did you see that pole vaulters? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. And I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm mesmerized by the picture of the naked bike ride. <laughs> yes. Of course we have naked bike ride, Leanne. Of course. Uh, so put your pictures photo. up there of, you know, you and your satellite sisters having summer fun, however you celebrate summer fun. So, uh, so just don't be shy and don't think, oh, I don't have the right picture. Just put it up there. And we love your throwback pictures. So put those up there. And as I understand, it's not, it's not a photography contest, Leanne. No. We're, we're just going to have a random drawing, uh, one in the just general category of satellite sister summer fun and the second one in the category of throwback uh, Satellite Sister Summer Fun. Wow, Random that's complicated. I... Yes, I know, Leanne. Liz, Liz, Liz made up this contest, and it was like, 
my head was exploding when she was explaining it on Sunday. But anyway, so two two big winners. And if you win, Leanne, you get a fabulous pro- uh, product uh, provided by Sol de Janeiro. And this is a Brazilian body cream thing. But this is going to be for your feet, Leanne. So you can have Brazilian feet. Oh, the and Samba now- foot fetish cream. Yes. I see Leanne. it here on, our Insta- yes. on Instagram. Oh, it, now it I'm looking good. at all the photos. I like the pictures of feet, like people yes. just shooting feet at the ballpark, feet at the beach. I'm good with that. Yeah, those are good. Those yeah. are good, Leanne. Feet in and the there's backyard. some good-looking feet out there. Yeah. So they could really, they, they would really enjoy <laughs> this Sol de Janeiro product. Oh, yeah. Feet in Las Vegas, yeah. See? Oh, I like the one of the dog just by the air conditioner. That's yes. funny. Yes. Oh, so, and then someone has a nice welcome to Instagram satsis. Thank you, Aloha us. for seniors. Thank you. That is a really, that's a high achiever right there. That is. Oh, yeah. I saw that picture. I was just like, how did they do that? How did they get the print on top of the picture and then get it on Instagram? I don't know how to do that. And if you don't know how to do uh, do Instagram, uh, we have put up at our Facebook page, the, the Satellite Sisters, we've put up some general instructions of how to how to get started on Instagram. It is pretty easy, I have to say. Once you get going. Right. It is easy. Yeah. 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 So I've got I've got another picture, Leanne. I, I'm, I, I have the whole concept worked out, <laughs> and I'm going to put it up uh, later today. Okay. Right. I'm gonna I, I have one, too, it. I'm putting up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's going to be good. But everybody could join in at, uh, that's hashtag Sat Sisters Summer Fun. Yep. Good job, Julie. Excellent job. Okay. Um, oh, you know, uh, speaking of summer fun, there's nothing more fun than having a rising senior in high school. Is there? (laughs) (laughs) So you can spend your hashtag summer fun talking about college. (laughs) It sounds like it is now, it sounds like the worst period of most high school students, you know, that summer before their senior year, because they're stressed out. The parents are stressed out. You have all those college essays. You have to figure out where you want to go to school. There's, you know, you got to go on all those uh, college tours. It doesn't sound fun at all, Leanne. Yeah, you know, here's here's my challenge. I have a rising senior and my son, Colin, and I'm just trying not to nag him every minute of every day. You know that? <laughs> So that it's so hard. It is so hard because I see so much opportunity this summer to really get a jump on things. Jewel, he could be getting a jump on things and he only sees wah, 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 wah. I mean, that is, you know, that's what he hears. The Charlie Brown teacher voice. So, um, and it's a little bit different. My older son, Brooks, even though eventually he ended up in art school, uh, he, he was a, he was going for athletics. He was a recruited athlete. And so his whole college admissions experience was sort of filtered through where can I play soccer? So his list of schools was on one, on the one hand, sort of random because it was like schools where he had met the coach or the coach had seen him. It's a very complicated process, athletic recruiting, but it was also pretty simple. Like he had almost less choice in it. It wasn't like the world was his oyster. It was where can I get in front of a coach? Where do they need me? Where do my skill set fit in? So, but with Colin, you know, I mean, he could go anywhere. Well, not, not really. It's wide he, open. It's he wide can't open. do math, but he, so he can't go anywhere, <laughs> but... <laughs> He could go anywhere geographically, you know, and so he doesn't have, he doesn't have a preference. Uh, he, I no, he, my he younger has... son, my younger son, Will said to me that he wanted to go at least two large States away from me to <laughs> college. <laughs> that was part, part of his criteria for college two large states so you don't have that you don't have that parameter well he has well he has for no reason like eliminated entire parts of the country well that land that's good i think no well it's good other than like there are a lot of good he wants to go to a liberal arts school a small liberal arts school and there are many excellent ones in the midwest but that is off the list like (laughs) i tried i tried to get him interested and you know all the many school fine schools in ohio Minnesota, your McAllister schools like that. No, uh, Grinnell not having it. So, um, so that, and there aren't that many liberal arts schools in the West, 
We don't no, have a aren't. lot out here. It's very few. So he's mainly looking at schools in the Northwest and a couple in the Northeast. Uh, so, so last night I dragged him to, I mean, I took him to, um, <laughs> a program. So sounds like a nice, fun mother, son. Oh, it's been there. awesome. Yeah. It's been an awesome summer. Awesome. Um, so I took him to a program. A lot of the schools travel together to save, you know, marketing dollars and stuff. So there was a consortium of five Northwest liberal arts schools traveling together. And so they were presenting at a local high school. So I took him to that. And, um, you know, it's just by the time that fifth school presented, like they've turned their ears off. It just, you can just tell she's lost everybody in the audience. People just want to run to the tables and pick up the brochures. But it occurred to me like, okay, we did it. We made it through. I said, what do you think? He goes, those all look like fine schools. So that's good. Like he didn't reject any out of hand. And then uh, two weeks from now, we're actually going, we're going to the Northwest Saturday. We're vacationing for a week in Bend. And then we head North. We're going to look at schools in Portland and Olympia and Tacoma and Salem. And, uh, and so now my challenge really is to just give him a break, like try not to say the word college for the next like, 10 days because but are you going to say your future I don't, or you know, in two years I, or after high school? Yeah, I or? just don't want, like, I don't want him to be, to so exhaust the subject of college that by the time we actually get to the colleges, he has a terrible attitude. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I've yeah. heard kids can go on these tours and it just, they turn. Like, they don't, won't get out of the car, you know? So. <laughs> So I'm just trying. We had some good quality time last night. There is momentum. He's open to these schools. It looks good. So, um, but can you do this, Leanne? I mean, I'm going to try, Jewel. I know. I well, know, I but, think you know the stakes are high. I, I, you know, not to, you know, the no, stakes I know. are high. I know. <laughs> I know. That's what kills me. Like, <laughs> I did have to have the stop rolling your eyes. We're about to pay thousands of dollars to send you someplace. So no more eye rolls. I had that conversation last <laughs> week. Like, and he apologized. And, She's like, I'm sorry for the eye roll. I could just enough, you know, Okay. okay. this is not buying a polo shirt. This is like investing a lot of money in your education. So there you go. So I feel like I can turn my nagging for the next 10 days to the summer required summer reading, which because oh, yeah. he is a very short summer. So when we get back from this college tour, he goes to school four days later, they start, they start school August 11th. So and that's, how's he doing on the summer reading list? Pretty good. Pretty good. Not okay, too bad. Okay, he he okay. likes to listen to the audiobooks, so he is doing... And that, that counts these days, to, right? Oh, it totally counts. He actually... Yeah, he retains a lot of information. He he just you he he's an audio guy, you know, he listens to mm -hmm. a lot of podcasts and stuff. And so um you know, it's a the future Leon podcast. That's what it's I hear, future. Jewel. That's mm -hmm. what I hear. So a tale of two cities. I mean, that's a lot of words, you know. <laughs> Dickens, <laughs> it's a lot of words. So he's listening to that. And then then we'll be good. So there you go. That's our plan. Okay, Leanne. So that's quite a pledge. Right. Uh, we'll check back on you, uh, back with you as to whether or not you're able to just just back not, off, not engage on that. I think it's, uh, Leanne, I think it's a good, good plan. Okay. You know, Thank I think you. it's a good plan because you do want to build some enthusiasm. Right. And uh, as a former admissions director, nothing makes a student stand out more than a student who has a, a genuine enthusiasm for your school. You know, if, you know, if they can figure out how to communicate to the admissions committee, you know, what they really like about the school, not in a generic sense, not in some way that their parents force them to write, but something that really is meaningful for them. It, it helps them stand out. See, that's good to hear, Julie. Cause last night, like he picked, we, I, he picked up the brochures and there was one school on the list. Uh, it's in a state capital. So he, he is very interested in politics and mm -hmm. he picked that out. He goes, Oh, look, it's so close. They have tons of internships. I could, that could really be interesting. All, you know, all politics are local. He said to me, so I was like, okay, he's genuinely enthusiastic about one school. Yeah, That's good, good. You know, good. and I think the lack of enthusiasm is really just, it is nerves. It's stress. It's I'm this sure built it up. It's not that he doesn't want to go to college. It's that, you know, it just seems like an impossible task. And it's not, if you just break it down, you just got to break it down. <laughs> so, 
Okay, you're talking about it again. Okay, okay, okay. I know. We're okay, moving on. Moving on to the Leanne, smartest way to vacation. Leanne, this is what you need is a vacation. Yes. And I know you and your family has vacationed before, but there was an article t- today in the Wall Street Journal about the smartest way to vacation. Uh, and this was put together by a group of psychologists and researchers to create the ideal vacation that boosts well-being, relieves stress, and, and really recharges you and your family. Okay, so some sim- we have simple steps, Leanne. First of all, some, some overall findings about their research, and this might surprise you, but longer vacations are not necessarily better than shorter ones. Oh, really? Which I don't really believe. No. I mean, that they, you know, that there is sort of a peak at eight days, that that's really when, you know, you are like totally in the well-being, uh, stress re- uh, reduction, recharging mode. And then sort of past that time may not be as um, as beneficial as you think. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think you, if you possible, you should take two weeks vacations together. Don't you? Uh, but yeah, anyway. I, well, I see with my husband that he, that would be about right for him. Cause he would start to really freak out about missing work. Like okay. we're planning this trip and we're vacationing for a week. And then he's supposed to go on a college road tour with us. But he has also uh, mentioned the option of maybe just flying home from Portland <laughs> You know, okay. and Colin and I can wrap it up and then drive the thousand miles home, like on our own. Okay. So, because okay. I, because I think the thought of being gone two full weeks is not stress relieving to him. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Well, so that's one. The second big finding is that you should engage in activities that you haven't done before. So, college like tours you've done, but you should you should do something. I mean, that yeah. doesn't mean we all need to go zip lining. Okay. <laughs> I, I just I want to say that. Okay. Just. But you could try something new, you know, even if you're doing a staycation, you know, you can just do something new in your town, go to a different restaurant, uh, you know, I don't just do anything different. That's that's supposed to be really invigorating as part of your vacation. Yes. Uh, here's here's the third one. And this is pretty key is that all vacations, if you really want them to be smart vacations, should end on a high note. Okay. Not, oh. Oh, not always easy, right. but you know, as part of it, you should try to end on a high note. So I'm not sure the thousand mile trip home, drive <laughs> in the car, abandoned by your husband, you might, that you might just keep that in mind. Okay. But here, here's some other th- structural things that you need to think about in terms of the smartest way to vacation that their research shows that anticipation is half the fun that the act of planning a vacation increases the sense of well-being that oh, you in like fact that. in fact you are happier before you go on the trip than after it's this whole anticipation i know you had a lot of that for the big galapagos trip right you know, that was fine so, yeah so much trend. but it made me think of both you and me Leanne, because we have husbands that do not like to do any advanced planning in no. terms of vacations no okay so we <laughs> you need to tell your husband he is missing out on well-being because he is not participating in the planning function okay yeah i okay. am so lucky that i was even able to nail him down for like i had to convince him like you know, people go to the Northwest on vacation in August, so we can't just wing it getting, you know, hotel rooms in Portland and stuff. So anyway. Okay. okay. So just keep that in mind. Okay. For a smart, maybe you just pitch it. This is a way smarter vacation. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. He likes Second, efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second thing, it's good to travel to someplace different because that creates mental stimulation. Now, I'm a firm believer in that. I love yeah. to go to new places. You know, that's not always possible. You know, and I think there is some fun to going to the same place year after year. But there's also fun even at the same place to, you know, to go far afield and to see Do different something new. things. Right. Yeah. Mental stimulation. During the vacation, Leanne. Your well-being uh, improves in as little as two days. You know, if you do need the first two days to, like, you know, just really settle down into vacation mode. You do absolutely, the researchers and psychologists say, you have to unplug. You have to, like, turn off all of that, you know, the electronics, because mental detachment is very important to reducing stress and improving well-being. Okay. Oh, okay. 
All right. So keep that in mind. And the third, that third one, the big one is you have to plan a big, happy ending. This seems, that seems like a little pressure, but if well, you're doing. Julie, I don't want to say it, but you know, at our week of vacation pre-college tour, you're joining us the second yes. weekend oh, there. Okay. okay we, so- we have planned something big and happy for you, the birthday girl. So just saying, just to put okay. that in your anticipation thing, we're on it. Team, team Oregon is on your birthday celebration. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. And finally, well, I look forward to that. Yeah. Now, see? I'm adding that to my anticipation uh, um, phase. And then finally, which again, I think is impossible that when you come home and everybody knows this, you're not supposed to plunge into extra long work hours. You know, you should try to avoid, you know, just like diving in deep, you know, go, you know, you'd want to extend the vacation well-being, the reduced stress and sort of the mental recharge that you have from the trip. Okay. Okay. Well, that never works. I know it never works. (laughs) No, it never works. But I'm just saying this is a smarter vacation. We're supposed to live smarter now, Leon. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. 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 Those are all good tips though. Those are good tips. I I thought they were good. Okay. Well, Leon, I'm bringing you two tech stories this morning. One's just a brief tidbit, but how happy were you, okay, with the data breach over at Ashley Madison? That's fantastic. You know, yeah. It wasn't that good. You know, yeah. you and I are pretty pro marriage. And yeah. uh, and just that that dating site, which is aimed at those looking for extramarital affairs, was hacked. And that they have, they have threatened the impact team, those were the hackers, had threatened to release the real names of all the, you know, participants unless it's shut down. I just, I hope this goes on forever. (laughs) It's just, it was just very satisfying. There's not a whole lot more to say about it, but you know, it's, it's karma, right? Yeah. It's good. Okay. I mean, definitely a a good attack target. Let's just face it. That was brilliant. A lot of fun. A lot of fun there. (laughs) Yeah. We enjoyed all the vigilante justice associated with that. Second story is, and I think this is something Liz mentioned it this weekend, you know, just about all the excitement about space. And, uh, and I think we just need to, you know, you bring a lot of space stories to us at Satellite Sisters. We've been on it for a long time. And I saw one today, Leon, that we are actually connected to this new space initiative and let Get me tell out. you how. Okay. I feel... so, <laughs> is it about satellites this. it is about satellites okay. it's about satellites okay <laughs> there's a there's of course a russian billionaire in this story his name is yuri milner and he lives in silicon valley and he has committed a hundred million dollars to scan the skies for for, for alien life he believes that the most important question that we uh, as humans need to, uh, to answer is, are we alone in the universe? Okay. Oh, that's great. So, that gives me that chills. Yeah. Are we alone in the universe? So he has all these Cal Berkey, Berkeley researchers. They are renting these giant telescopes in West Virginia and Australia. $100 million, 10, me- 10 years We've got to find out that this answer if we're alone in the universe. And most of the, a lot of the researchers he's using are a group of people that were involved on with SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the satellite sisters connection. Oh, okay. Because SETI has giant, they have giant satellites, and they're in this big field uh, outside of Stanford University. You know. Oh, and yeah. And yes, Lynn, and uh, I, uh, I used to live near Stanford University, worked at Stanford very briefly in a very small role. Uh, uh, as, <laughs> so I just want to, but. So don't ask Julie to get you in. She cannot right. help. No, this I cannot. But Satellite Sisters, the idea was born in that field of satellite dishes because it was Liz and I that were taking a walk with my husband, uh, around these satellite dishes and Liz and I were both complaining about being stressed and working too hard. And it was my husband that said to Liz and I that you, he said, you sisters all really enjoy working together. You ought to think up something to do together. Right? Yes, that right. is exactly right. I can't, exactly- that is a funny story, Julie, that the, that's where the extraterrestrial search is going on there. 
Well, that is, yes, many of the researchers that worked on the SETI project are now involved with this Yuri Milner, uh, but they're, you know, but those those satellites aren't big enough, Leanne, the ones near Stanford. So they have the world's largest satellites are in West Virginia and Australia, and that's what they're going to do. And if they're not successful in 10 years, you know what Yuri says? He said, we're going to go for another 10 because <laughs> the stakes are too high, Leanne. So this is our project, Leon. Where's he? See how we're involved in this? <laughs> I can't. I, okay, Julie, you monitor this then. You got to monitor this. I will, Leon. <laughs> I will. I will. Okay, so I am on it. We have to find out who else is here. Okay? You know what's so funny? We were driving home from that college thing last night, and we were talking about politics, and we, we Colin, we were talking about speech writing and how interesting that must be to, to do. And Colin actually said, I would love to know, like, I'm sure the president somewhere and with his million speechwriters has his speech good to go, like that we have found alien life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This brings us just one one step closer to hearing that speech. Yes. I hope so. I hope so. Okay. (laughs) There we have it. So it's very, it's in a very exciting time for space. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Julie, speaking of space, uh, we're just going to go to Facebook. That has nothing to do with space. But there have been a lot of good posts on Facebook about uh, Pluto, so keep keep posting those Pluto posts. Um, but we have some good follow-ups from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. A lot of discussion happening on a couple of topics in particular. Now, several weeks ago, you and I talked about um, Katy Perry versus the nuns, Katy Perry right. trying to buy um, the, a convent, essentially, from the nuns of the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart here in Los Angeles. It's a spectacular piece of real estate. But the nuns had already sold the property to a restaurateur and hotelier, and they did not want to sell the property to Katy Perry um, because they they saw her halftime show <laughs> at the Super Bowl, and it wasn't really to their liking. So, uh, and a big sort of fight has ensued, not only between Katy Perry and the nuns, um, but between the nuns and the diocese, because the archbishop here in Los Angeles says, no, no, that's not your property to sell. I can sell it to Katy Perry if I want to for $15 million. And the nuns are saying, no, no, it's our property. We already sold it. So the long and the short of this is it's an ongoing story, but can you believe how much press coverage this has now gotten? I mean, I know it has a great story. That's why I glommed onto it, but... Like, mm-hmm. there haven't been this many nuns on TV since Sister Patrell. I mean, it's like these nuns are getting more airtime than many of the Republican candidates for president. <laughs> Maybe they could run. I mean, they might as well. Some guy from Ohio threw his hat in the ring today. So um, He's the governor, okay? Now, I, I know. know your son dismissed the Midwest for college choices, <laughs> but it's a very fine place, Leon, Ohio. My daughter-in-law is from Ohio. I I, I like Ohio land. Okay. But it's just funny how this story has really caught people's imagination. And I liked it this morning. CBS uh, this morning did a piece on it. But what I appreciated was Gail King at the end. She said, you know, Katy Perry is a very nice girl. Like, <laughs> this is what happens when when you have a I, – I feel like that's probably true of Katy Perry, that mm-hmm. she has a, a performance persona and, you know, the career she's built is not necessarily the same as the person she is. But that's what happens, and you got to live with that sometimes. So. And don't mess with nuns, Leanne. I, I, you know, having gone to Catholic school, that's what I, that's what I can tell you. Yeah. yeah. Don't mess. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah they're, they're on you. Man, mm-hmm. they're on yeah. you. All right. <laughs> totally on you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another follow-up. Uh, Julie and I were spearheading a no shampoo movement. For, mm-hmm. uh, well, we didn't know we were spearheading it. Uh, we discussed it. <laughs> we're trying it. But apparently a lot of the Satellite Sisterhood is jumping on the bandwagon mm-hmm. with mixed results. So yes, I did appreciate sadly. that uh, Corny Cole, our former executive producer, <laughs> posted on the Facebook page this week that she's trying the no poo thing and that a friend asked, what's with your hair? And it wasn't in a good way. So we do not guarantee results. People seem to be having the very positive results. People with frizzy hair think it's perfect for them. People with curly hair like it. I, you, are you still doing it, Julie? I'm I love doing it, it. Leanne. It's really helped my hair a lot. I have, fi- I have fine, thin, dry hair, and I like it very much. <laughs> 
<laughs> that makes your hair sound super pretty too. <laughs> I just, those are the facts, Leanne. Those are the facts. Okay. So if you have no poo questions, again, we're not experts. I am using a suave. I don't know what you're using. But... Leanne, I'm using a suave because you told me to use right. suave. Well, because someone on the Facebook page told me to use suave. Don't use the expensive when stuff, but other people are using the when and swear by it. So if you have further questions, our Satellite Sisters Facebook group is the way to go. So just join the group. You ask to join, and we approve approve you. Um, And uh, and then you can carry on with your no shampoo discussions. But we're glad that this has really sparked a lot of interest in the Satellite Sisterhood. And then another thing getting a lot of of comments over there at the Facebook page is is the new VW commercial where um, the, there's three boys running amok in a 7-Eleven um, inexplicably to the song, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. So I don't know. I was out on that commercial when I, I'm trying to square the soundtrack to the visuals and I don't get it. So, <laughs> so, but you didn't get that like to be wild guys. Yeah. No, I, I just you think know it's what a, a cowboy is, I did, but it's not that it? it's not, it's not running through Seven Eleven squirting ketchup everywhere. <laughs> but I, it's that, it's that wild streak in boys, you know, that's no, I, okay. I get it. I just thought okay, you I just explain your interpretation of the, of the commercial. This is a, for VW Passat right. and I'll explain my interpretation. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I just think I, I, I kind of get a, my hackles up when, first of all, I don't like the usage of the song. I'll just say it. I think it's a bad mix. Doesn't make any sense to me. Those are not cowboys. Those are ill behaved children. And I'll also think, even the worst behaved boys don't really do that. Like they don't run through a seven 11 like that. Uh, on the other hand, I, my sons think it's a very funny ad. So <laughs> they, and I'm sure Ben, your grandson thinks it's a hilarious ad because I, boys I love nothing more than to see other boys be crazy. So yeah. I don't really, I didn't have strong feelings other than I just totally didn't get the song. So I tuned out at the beginning, but people on our Facebook page have strong feelings. Now, Julie, what's your interpretation? I thought it was a dream sequence, Leanne. Okay, so I I don't I don't think boys really do, would do that. But in your mind, as the mother of boys, could it ever get that bad if you send three boys into a Seven Eleven alone? Would they, you know? And then in the same way, when you see them in the uh, Volkswagen Passat and they're just sitting so quietly looking at magazines, that's kind of a dream too. Boys aren't doing that in the car. You see what I mean? <laughs> oh, I like. Okay, all right. That is, yeah. maybe I have to explain commercials to you too. I have to explain what commercials to my husband. You know that. And I, I no longer do that. But that's, I saw this as a dream sequence. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, other people see it just as a terrible affront to motherhood, to boys, to right. mother right. shaming, to behavior shaming. I just didn't like the song. So. <laughs> okay. okay. I thought it was fun. I laughed the first time I saw it. Okay. Okay. And then. Oh, I think that's it. All right. Uh, where are we going to next? Oh, real, oh, real simple, Liam. Right? Oh, okay. Right. I mentioned something that popped up in the etiquette session, <laughs> section of real simple. I usually don't read those questions very carefully, but this one caught my eye. It's about um, guest towels in the guest bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this woman took the time to write to real simple. And I'm pretty sure the editors just make up these questions. But um, so it took the time to write to Real Simple to ask, like, how dare the guests actually use the fancy pants guest towels I left in the guest room as opposed to using the regular towels? Like, don't guests know better than to use the fancy guest towel? (laughs) Have you... I don't understand guest bathrooms and guest towels. Sometimes I stand in people's guest rooms and I think, what am I supposed to use in here? Right. right. Just like, dry, dry your hands on your pants. Like, yeah. I that's just, it. Do I? Don't touch those. Yeah. Do it's I, a, I don't, like, I feel like if you don't want them to use the guest towels, don't hang them up. That's correct. <laughs> I think that's correct. But people don't want to use the fancy towels. I mean, it's again, it's a dream sequence in those guest bathrooms, right? <laughs> Isn't it? 
I mean, you create this tableau, this right. perfect tableau, and you don't want it disturbed, okay? <laughs> but if your guest goes in there and washes their hands, what are they supposed to do? This is why, Lee and I always provide lovely guest paper towels. Okay? And do, but do Which I have I those? Do, do, sanitary. But okay? some people don't like to use those either. Like, those look too nice. Well, then they're they're wiping their hands on it. <laughs> okay. I just feel like if you hang something up in the guest room, it's up for grabs. People can use it. I, you know, yeah. don't. I, no, I agree, Liam. Yeah. But, you know, I think, um, but, and I certainly don't want to dry my hands on somebody else's used towel. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, right. I agree. I provide the paper guest napkins, but I also do those, you know, those pop-up hand towels. I have a lot of options for hand. Yes. I think that's, that's a good idea. This <laughs> no. shoe. Now I'm afraid I'm confusing my guests that I'm giving them too many options, but are you finding that they're spending a long time in your guest bathroom? People do actually. People do. They enjoy it. There's a lot happening. They're wiping their hands on your shower curtain. Yeah. That's what's going on. (laughs) I think the bottom line is if you don't want people to use it, if it's a towel and you don't want people to use it, don't hang it up. Other than that, it's fair game. If you hang it up, you can't get mad if your guests actually wipe their hands on it. Well, once you use the good guest towel, are you supposed to like hang it back up? I don't so know. That, I see, don't know. See. And they usually require ironing. So, you know, people have <laughs> given them to me and I just, I keep them in a drawer. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just wash your hands, people. That's <laughs> just, yeah. Whew. Okay. I'm glad we got that settled. Yes, that is much clearer now. Okay. Hey, Leon, I have a book that I want, that I've uh, just, I read a couple of weeks ago and I just totally want to recommend. Um, it's, you know, a genre that we don't do a lot of at Satellite Sisters, spy novels, but this one, it's the, one of the best I've ever read. The book is called Palace of Treason by Jason Matthews. Have you heard heard about this? No, this is, but I'm writing it down because I know people will ask us. So I want to put it in the blog post at SatelliteSisters.com. Okay. Jason Palace Matthews. of Treason by Jason Matthews. This is, in fact, his second book. His first book is called Red Sparrow, and that was a New York Times bestseller. I haven't read it. I have it now. I'm going to read it. So I'm reading it out of order, but you can do that. Okay. So, but this, why this book is so great is, first of all, it has a female lead in it. And she is Dominique Egorova. Okay. She is a Russian intelligence service agent, Leon, And she's a double agent, (laughs) which is just great. So, but you didn't just like give away the whole thing. No, I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. didn't. Okay. No, just, just go with me. Okay. I will. Okay. I'm not going to give away anything. It is a very, it's a very engaging plot. Um, it, this, this, these two books are written by a former CIA agent. So it is, um, you know, it has a lot, it seems like it has a lot of actual CIA technology and spy craft in the book. Oh, good. Yes. So that's good. That's a good part of it. But the, but the main character is, is just well-written. She's complex. She's brave. She's strong. She's, um, she's not always, it's not always obvious what she's going to do. And she has a special skill, Leanne. Have you ever heard of people that can see halos around people? Have you heard of this? This? No. no. Okay. Well, I, this, this was explained to me in Russia. I don't think it's just a Russian thing, but some people have the ability to look at other individuals and really kind of see halos about their true nature and their true causes. So that is one of her skills, but it's set in Moscow. It's in DC. It's in Vienna. It's in Athens. There are some great villains in this book. Absolutely great villains in this book. Putin is in this book. Oh, God. So you got to, you got to, you're going to love that. There's a love interest that goes on, which is very important. Okay. And then lots of Russian phrases for you to practice. Okay. So they're sprinkled throughout the book. And then for some reason, there's a recipe at the end of each chapter. <laughs> wow. This yes. is a full service book. It is a full service book. I, I just, I haven't, 
I haven't done the research on to why he, but, you know, in any chapter, you know, there might be talk of uh, a mushroom salad or, uh, or of a borscht that, they, that they're, they're eating in a various scenes. And then you get the actual recipe for the mushroom salad and the borscht. So, so there's just, you have to read this book. It's Sounds really like a good book club book because then you can make all the recipes. Yes. Oh, Leon, of course. You're always taking it to the next level. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I just couldn't put it down. And I look forward to reading, going back and reading Red Sparrow, the first book. So. All right. I'm looking him up right now. Here we His go. His name's Jason Matthews. Oh, yeah. Pounds. He is a veteran of the CIA. 33 yes. year veteran of the CIA. Ooh, yep. okay. Yep. Good. Julie, good call. That's good. Okay. I'm going to read some books on my vacation. One, as a matter of fact, called The Sparrow Sisters, which uh, one of our satellite sisters, Ellen Herrick, has written. It yes. comes out in August. So I have a advanced reader copy of that. That's on my list. And I just got the new Erica Jong novel that comes out in September. Remember? Okay. Erica Jean. I didn't know she's still writing. She's okay. still writing. And so Fear of Flying, this is called like Fear of Dying or something. I mean, it is. It's like a sequel. But Erica Jean grew up, she was a mom in the town next to us. And she talk about mm. the cool mom in the 70s. <laughs> Your mom was Erica yeah. Jean. That was cool. Uh, so looking forward to that. But this sounds like, uh, maybe I'll pick this up for my husband. That sounds good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This he is, to read I, on he would enjoy this. Yeah. And so, but she's just a, a great central character. Okay. Excellent. Excellent review, Julie. Um, I want to recommend a TV show called the oh. kicks and here's, here's the situation with this TV show. It is executive produced by, or it's pr- one of the producers is Alex Morgan, U S women's national team member, Alex Morgan. It's based on her series of books called the kicks about a middle school soccer team. Um, but this show is on Amazon, Julie. So the way it works at Amazon is like, they give you the green light to do the show. You get the pilot and then the pilot goes up on Amazon and based on reviews and likes and audience response, then they decide whether to go forward with the whole season. So it's a different kind of production model than being on a network. And um, so I was made aware of this show by an executive that I worked with when I was doing the Chaos Chronicles for television. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember at one point I was working on a TV pilot for Nick at Night and the Chaos Chronicles uh, had the opportunity to be on air. And then we lost out to Scott Baio. Remember that? Chachi? Chachi killed my dreams. Yeah. So (laughs) you have a T-shirt that says that, right? Chachi. Chachi killed my dreams. Chachi. Uh, but I, I got an email from this executive and he said, hey, I just want to let everyone know that this is happening. This show he's really proud of. We're really proud of it. It's a really positive show for middle school girls and we'd love your support. And so I had a chance to watch the first episode yesterday, the pilot episode, and it is a really good family show. Oh, and good. I just okay. can highly recommend it. The lead um, little girl who's a soccer player, she is just very engaging. Uh, it's completely age appropriate and family appropriate. What I like about the show, Julie, is the parents aren't idiots. So it's really, <laughs> they're not idiots. And that's uh, so rare on television. So if, you, uh, if you're a parent and you feel like you're not an idiot, I think this may actually, re- you may respond to this show. Uh, there's some great sub-characters. There's a minor characters. There's a good um, brother-sister relationship. They set a lot up in the pilot. The little girl is a transplant from Connecticut who moves to California and goes to play on her school soccer team. Uh, and it turns out the soccer team is, well, I won't give it away, but um, if you're a soccer parent. She's a double agent. Yeah. She's a double agent, Julie. She's exactly it. She's a double agent. But there's uh, some good inside soccer parent stuff. So you'll understand the question of uh, the debate over playing for the club team versus the school team. That's, you know, people who are soccer parents now understand that dilemma. What do you do? Play for the club or the school? I know my son faced that. He played for the school. Um, So I think you would really enjoy it. But you have to go watch it this week on Amazon. And then if you watch it and you like it, you have to rate it. And uh, you just, and 
I think Alice would like it. Like at eight, it's right. to- she would totally get it. She plays soccer. She would like it. Ben, I don't. He may be a little young for it, but Alice, you watch it. And Julie, if you don't know how to watch TV on Amazon, I'm sure Alice does. Um, well, that's what I was just thinking. I, if I've conquered Instagram, I can watch, watch TV on Amazon. Land. Nothing is going to stop me now. But if you're looking for a show that has positive role models for your daughters uh, that you can watch together as a family, there are some issues that are brought up in the show that I think you can talk about as a family. Uh, Plus, it's just a really fun little show. Well written. Um, So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wanted to recommend it to the Satellite Sisterhood because I know we have a lot of sports parents in here. And I know we've had a lot of discussions about things appropriate for girls from clothes to language to sports. So uh, I think this would be right in your wheelhouse. I put a link on my Facebook page, but I will also go ahead and put a link at SatelliteSisters.com and a link at our group page too, and spread it around. They, they need to get some popular bo- votes so that um, Amazon will go forward and make the whole series. And Alex Morgan, U.S. Women's National Team, makes a surprise appearance in the show. So I will give that away. So it's fun if your daughters really enjoyed the Women's World Cup or if you really enjoyed the Women's World Cup, it's fun to see Alex Morgan show up. So again, the show is called The Kicks and it's on Amazon Prime. Okay? Okay. And again, I will put all the links that you need to, to link to, everything you need up at our website and at the Facebook group. Uh, whew, is that it? Are we yeah, done? That's it. Well, well, then- well, we've come to the really... The strong ending. See, Satellite Sisters is like a smart vacation, Liam. Yeah. We always end on a high note here. And that, we have Bull Dark. That's right. We have our, our weekly recap of Bull Dark. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Pull Dark and Handsome. Julie, I don't know about you, but when Pull Dark talks about copper mining, I smelt. <laughs> You've been working on that all All, week, All week. All week. We'll be right back. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here with my sister, Julie Dolan. This is our weekly recap of the PBS series, Pull Dark. We call it Pull Dark and Handsome. Uh, This was episode five of of, of the Pull Dark series. And Julie, there was a lot of copper mining in this particular episode, didn't you think? Yes, Leanne. There was a lot of subterranean um, activity. That was good. Yes. I sort of, my subtitle for episode five was yes, no, maybe so, and uh-oh. Okay. I thought there was a lot happening there. And I was actually kind of surprised that Demelza made it to the end of the episode. Because I, I guess she was so happy and things were so perfect at the end of episode four. I didn't think things could last. Okay. I did think in the middle, like, there was going to be a moment between Elizabeth and Poldark. I was worried. See, uh oh, that's that's what I'm talking about. Lately. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go through this blow by blow. Uh, thanks for being here today. I know a lot of you have you resisted for a while. You were just listening to the recaps, and now you're actually watching the show. So I think you'll see it improves when you've seen seen the show. You can find it at Although you do an excellent summary each week, Liam. I try. I'm looking at my notes this week, though, and um, sometimes they're they're clear and concise. And this time I just, the the first note I have is billowing linen shirt. Oh, what a first glimpse. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I mean, I remember the scene. He was standing there in a billowing linen shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's always good. All right, so here's what we know. Uh, Demelza was pregnant in the last one. She delivers a baby girl in this one. And Julie, she delivers a little girl named Julia. Julia Grace. Wasn't that yes, sweet? I ha- is, that was so sweet, Leanne. I have t- uh, two big predictions. First of all, Julia is going to become a hot name. So, uh, <laughs> And then secondly, that the, the super cool baby gift is now going to be the embroidered silk bracelet um, with the baby's name on it, did, you know, that Demelza did. I thought that was very sweet. Wasn't that sweet? That yes. is, see, that's a sweet item. So uh, be, you'll be looking for those on all the little Julias that are out there. And I also like that uh, that childbirth uh, in in the pole dark and handsome world is really just two big crashing waves. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. That's what labor and delivery is, just 
two big crashing waves and boom, beautiful baby, everybody in linen shirts, happy in bed, you know? It was, it did make me laugh because of course we also watched Outlander where we got every really nook and cranny of that labor scene. I mean, there was like bloodshed and gunfire and, you know, gnawing on things to get that baby out. And here it was just a cutaway to the sea, the sea, the glorious sea. All right. But before the baby was born, we get the introduction of a couple of new characters. Dr. Mm -hmm. Dwight shows up. Uh, I liked him and I was... I was thinking as soon as I saw him, ooh, maybe for Verity, maybe for Verity, but I don't think so. No, do I think I think that player has his her eye on him. And then we yeah. had the players coming through town. And this is clearly setting up another whole storyline. Um, but we just got a little of it, a group of players coming through town. One of the local miners has his eye on one of the women players and turns out she ends up staying, but she has some high demands. She needs a yeah. better cottage and she needs all kinds of finery. And uh, she clearly is flirting with Dr. Dwight. So yeah. even though it was a sub a sub storyline, you know, a secondary storyline this week, I feel like that she, the actress is going to become she's going to become a thorn in somebody's side. Yeah, she's in the uh oh category okay. of this episode, Leon. Mm-hmm. All right. So and, and Dr. Dwight sets himself up as new medicine versus old medicine. Um, I think we discussed last week how idiotic it seems to bleed people, you know, like, yes, even though you knew it was happening, it's still so stupid when you see it. And um, Dr. Dwight clearly clearly thinks that we should maybe use things found in nature as opposed yes. to like draining people's blood. Yeah, And, and you could see that was just the most outlandish idea ever, right? Yes. So, uh, but fortunately, Dr. Dwight is around to help and assist in the labor, which is two crashing waves. And then, um, and then we have like the most beautiful family portrait ever. I mean, that was just crazy beautiful after Julia was born. And then finally, just in case you were worried, apparently in Cornwall, what you do immediately after the baby is born is you take them to the edge of the water and you let them stare out at the sea for the first time. (laughs) I was, I, I was so upset watching that scene. I was like, the baby's feet are exposed. You got to put some socks or some booties on that child. I just, as a nana, I couldn't watch that, Leon. I mean, some weird ritual sea staring thing. I mean, there were three separate sea staring incidents yeah. in this sh- in this show. What is well, out there? What are they staring at, Julie? <laughs> so Julia Grace is born, and then we have um, a baptism scene that was a little disjointed. I thought it was hard to understand what was happening. There was sort of the society baptism for mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the Poldark, uh, the ties to the Poldark family and the business associates, and then apparently there was going to be a much more fun baptism that Demelza was really looking for. She was having a hard time getting her act together, but she did just have a baby, and I know, um, and she managed to get into the dress with the tiny stays, Leanne. <laughs> So I thought she was doing fine. She looked fine. <laughs> um, uh, um, but you know who else looked fine? Woo! Paul Dark in that velvet coat, Julie. Ooh, blue velvet, Leanne. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that. Did I just actually make that noise? Yes, you did. It was like the Three Stooges. I mean, that was. <laughs> he just looked so handsome. I actually watched the scene several times. Just. I, I paused it just to take it all in the blues yeah. and the grays and the velvet mm-hmm. and the linen and just the textures of that scene, Julie. <laughs> and you know who else appeared to have noticed um, that he looked handsome was Elizabeth. Oh yes. yeah. There yeah. was a little, there was some back and forth, some tete-a-tete, some eye contact. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh Oh, category again, uh, Leanne, because I think, you know, that is, they have a strong relationship there. It is not going away. You know, there's, there's the undercurrent, uh, and they just have a candidness every time they speak to each other and, uh, and an intimacy that, uh, at times it's like startling, like, Whoa, you, you two are still really connected. So yeah, uh, my note is, Hey, pull dark eyes on the prize. So, um, yeah. That's what I wrote to myself. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was a scene 
when was he talking to Verity about uh, perhaps you'd like them both? And he says, yes. perhaps yeah. I would. Right. Like, yeah. Uh-oh. He, yeah. Uh-oh. yeah. Looking yeah. at Demelza and Elizabeth that he really would like them both. <laughs> In the meantime, things are happening at the baptism. We get some plot points. Now it's revealed that the evil banker, George, actually holds some of the shares in the Poldark's mine. He did yeah. not know that. Those were sold yeah. without his knowledge. And then um, – and then Demelza's father comes in, the sinister, you know, he was just the bad drunk miner with the bad teeth. And now he's become a man of God and he's just like sinister and mean and he's going to humiliate her in front of everyone. Yeah, that was, he's, he is no ray of sunshine coming through the door he yeah. and, that, and that new wife of his. But he did have the best line, I think, of the day when he turn to that super rude Christmas guest. Yes, uh, Ruth Trellingloss, I have her name. Who is wearing a dress with a lot of décolletage, and he turned to her and said, laying out the wares for men to slather, you know, uh, (laughs) referring to her breast. I like that, Liam. You know, it's funny, because later on in the show, Mr. Drunk uses the word slithering and slathering about too, but... (laughs) So... So then uh, we get some family back and forth. There was a lot of cutting back and forth between the Poldark house and, uh, you know, Ross's house and then the big house with Francis and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that happening in this episode. So we got the contrast of the warm, cozy Poldark house where Demelza and Ross are able to share things as a couple versus Elizabeth and Francis, whose relationship has broken down. Francis is in deep financial trouble. He's a huge gambler. He is uh, indulging in a problem. Prostitutes, one in particular, he gives an extravagant gift to. Francis is excited to be invited to this house party that the ladies are clearly not invited to. But goodness sake, that Francis, could he just stop? He has so many daddy issues. I mean, what is happening? The dad is now dead and he's still staring at the portrait. And he must say 10 times a show, I'll never be the man you're going to be. I know. He just needs to get over it. He's not, Leon. This is is his, you know, he's... He has real issues that he, you know, that he, you know, he's not going to get over, even though his father is no longer there. He was not able to, to take on the responsibilities of, you know, running, you know, the mine or the household or even of being a good husband. All right. And then we get Verity's turn to stare at the sea. Uh, she, yes. <laughs> she stares at the sea. I know. I and. Know. Because she's just heartbroken. She hasn't gotten over the sea captain yet. She has really bonded with Demelza. She loves Ross. She sees Demelza with little baby Julia. And she's she's just awash in emotion that she'll never have that. That she has missed her chance at love. And so Demelza Demelza takes it upon herself to try to reconnect with the sea captain on behalf of Verity. Behind Verity's back. Verity does not know that. Yeah, that was a very daring scene. I have that in the uh uh-oh category as well, yeah. Okay. Because that could really have backfired. Right? Yeah. Well, it kind of did eventually. But uh, so Demelza goes off with Mr. Drunk, who delivers. It was like just an uncomprehensible monologue <laughs> <laughs> about slithering and slathering about, you know. Yeah. And can I say that she is leaving Julia with Mrs. Drunk, okay? <laughs> the baby. I don't think that's a good idea either. Okay. Carry on, Liam. <laughs> so... Uh, she has a very short and cold meeting with uh, Sea Captain Blamey, who says that he's married now to the sea, which red flag. I mean, what? <laughs> Apparently everyone in this town is married to the sea. A lot of staring, Lynn. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then we go to that second storyline with the actress and the local, uh, the local miner. Again, that's going to pop up. Yeah, that's. Um, that's you know that marriage is doomed from the get go because she's really she was like making the moves on the doctor at the at the at wedding the reception festi- yeah at the wedding festivities yeah she has what our mother would call delusions of grandeur and uh, <laughs> about how big her house should be and whatnot yeah. Um, yeah. so we get that and then in the middle of all this we also get a lot of um, we get a lot of talk about smelting we get there is a there is a undercurrent there's a big auction for the copper prices uh the miner the owners of the copper mine sell the raw copper uh to the smelting plants this one company family that seems to do all the smelting and they actually seem to make all the profits whereas the miners don't so there's a movement afoot ross has the idea hey what if we were just one stop 
you know, mining, smelting, the whole thing. And maybe we could get a bunch of us together and we could compete against this, uh, this other smelter. And, um, I'm sure there's more to it than that. (laughs) No, that's exactly, that's about it. Ross is, Ross is the change agent, you know, that he is really transforming the copper industry, uh, in this area. So that was, it was a big, bold idea, Lynn. And, uh, there's a lot of consequences to making this big change, but, uh, they really, everybody sees Ross, all the other mine owners see Ross as, as a true leader that he is. Uh, and they believe that he can do this because, you know, he's got that kind of renegade part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And he seems to care for the people. So he, and around him, we see scene after scene of basically just the walking dead, right? Walking all over zombies land. Yeah. Walking the roads of Cornwall, asking for hands out. There have been riots in various cities because the rich are getting richer and the poor have nothing. And so Ross feels his sense of responsibility and he feels like this is the way to go. And and let's face it. I mean, smelting is not sexy, but somehow Ross Poldark made it sexy. I mean, I could listen to him talk about smelting all day, couldn't you? (laughs) I just, whoo, really good. Uh, So, um... So there's a big meeting in town, and it turns out Elizabeth and Ross and Verity all go in together. The girls are going on a shopping trip, and Ross is uh, going to have a secret meeting. He's hoping to bring Francis in on this proposal because he thinks it's a good idea. And um, Francis, of course, really does is in no financial position. He has no money. He can't go in on the proposal, yeah. so he has to step away. So again, it's another reminder he is not the man his father is. It looks like Ross is going to win. In the meantime, Demelza has actually set up another meeting between Captain Blamey, who's had a change of heart, that he does not want to be married to the sea. He misses Verity. And See, it's the yes, no, maybe so part yeah. of, my, of my theme. Yes, okay. go ahead, Lane. All right. So uh, so he she sets up a, a meeting between Verity and Blamey, but Verity doesn't know. And Verity does not react well, does she, Joel? No, she doesn't. But, you know, she just, she, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't want to, you know, engage. She's been too hurt. She runs away. She just, she just can't deal with it, Leanne, because it was so painful to her. And she runs straight into an uprising of the walking dead. Now they're stealing things. And in the middle of all this, Captain Blamey comes in and starts declaring love. Did you think that was weird? (laughs) Like... Literally, the, the streets are rioting, and he's like, I love you. We can do this. I What was that? I, I Well, Leon, it, it's like the first time he declared love. It's like five seconds after he met Verity at a dance, right? He was, you know, he showed her one picture of a, like a sketch of a, of a ship, and they, they were like off and in love. So, okay, you're yeah. right. Yes, you're no, right. maybe so. They're just, he, he's, he's not a man of, with good timing at all. I just thought there was a lot of men declaring love at strange times in this, you know, and I like Francis did it like just at moments afterwards. He's like going on. He's lost the mill. Well, we'll get into that. He's lost the mine. And he looks at Elizabeth like, remember that I love you. Well, really? You just gambled our mine away. So that's what happens. The big house party that the ladies aren't invited to. um, Francis ends up gambling the mine away. And didn't you think the 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 gambler, the mean banker, didn't he look like Liberace? He his, did. That was yes. still wearing like the powdered wig and yeah, yeah. Was, he he did, and he, he seemed to have like a very odd accent, like it might be an American accent. Yes, that was that's what I detected too, Leon. But he only had like one line before he took all his money and the and the deed to the mine and left the house party. Yeah, there was just something kind of Vegas like showman about him. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. That was a weird scenario. I mean, I guess people were still wearing powdered wigs in the late. Uh, 1700s there, but he looked kind of stupid. Um, but he got the mine, and so now uh, Francis and Elizabeth are in ruins. They're going to have to make economies, Julie. They're going to have to make economies, aren't they? <laughs> I know. They're just like us, Leanne. They're real people. No, they, yeah, they are. They're just like us. And then, uh, and then, uh, what? I can't even resurging rise again. I don't know. They're all, well, oh, oh, resurge them. That's the big res- line, Lee. Resurge them. I, well, I can't read my own notes. So, okay. uh, so, you know, Francis tells the group of miners who are now sobbing. Oh, wait, first Francis has a scene where he's staring out at the sea, right? Yeah. He is the crying, staring out at the sea. Then he comes, tells the people we're closing the mine. And then he writes resurge them on the, on the mine, resurgam. And, uh, Poldark tells, um, Demelza that means rise again. 
Yes. So what do you but think, Joe? Well, I, again, I was surprised Demelza, you know, main, got to the end of episode five <laughs> and she's still uh, Ross's uh, wife because there is that love interest with Elizabeth is strong. It and is. even and you see that Ross was trying to comfort Elizabeth about the close of the mind and her new change in life and that all the economies that she was going to have to make. And he ran up to her. But uh, you see, Demelza, she came right up afterwards. She, you know, she wants, she does not want to lose her husband. But I think there's, this will probably explode in the next episode. That's my prediction. Yeah, there was just a lot of heat still between Elizabeth and Ross. Just a lot of, a lot of heat. A lot happen, a lot happening there. So as, as decent a man as he is and as much as he seems to like Demelza and the baby, and he definitely feels this sense of weight now that he's a father. Yes. He mentioned yeah. that. I don't know. It's a lot. That Elizabeth with that one perfect curl in her hair. Yeah. She's tough to beat. I know. Well, oh. She's kind of nice, too. You know, I, know. I mean, you know. She is really, and they're well suited to each other. I know. So. I know. I know. Oh. That's I know. why this is an excellent series. You know, uh, you know, if you ha- if you haven't started to watch, it's not too late. You know, you can watch them online and uh, it's very uh, enjoyable. Julie, one of the things my goal this week to do before I go on vacation is to edit together these Paul Dark and Handsome, so, uh, and I'll post them as separate podcasts. So maybe you're behind, and now you have watched one and two, and you want to listen to one and two again, episodes one and two, or three and four, or now five. I'm going to do that. That's my intention. We'll see if that okay. happens. We'll see if that okay. happens. Before, before you take your smart vacation, Leah. Right. I know. Try, and, try not to work too much on vacation, although I think we are going to do a show next Tuesday. So, uh, while I'm on vacation, but not the following Tuesday when I'm touring colleges, but we'll see. We'll we'll check in on that, but we don't want to miss the pole dark and handsome. All right. Uh, what's happening today? You got anything else going on this week here at camp? Well, I said we have, you know, we do have one, a new parent has showed up and, uh, but we do get an extra camper. Uh, that would be my grandson, Peter, who's 18 months old. So, uh, so it's a very busy time at Camp Leon. That's what I would say. Excellent. Well, I'm just getting ready and getting stuff going, and then we're going to hit the road on Saturday, finishing up some writing and things like that. Um, but, Julie, you know, you can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. Please uh, continue on with the Instagram competition. Is it – well, the – it's not really a competition. It's a, it's, it's a drawing, Leanne. It's but a drawing. we want to see your Instagram pictures. We want you on Instagram, and you should post them at hashtag SatSistersSummerFun. SatSistersSummerFun. And, and you're just going to enjoy... You're going to enjoy looking at the pictures. It, it really fun. makes you, they are very fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>